0: Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of The Cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at The Cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. Hopefully you're ready to dive into God's word. It's good to be here today. Amen. I got my coffee. I'm ready to go. I had a little bit of coffee in one bag and a little bit of another coffee in a different bag. And what I did was I mixed them together to create a blend. Okay, that's called the poor man's blend. Just whatever I had left, I made it we made it through the day. I'm pretty sure that's how blends got started with coffee is they just started mixing coffee together, whatever they had left. Okay. It doesn't taste maybe amazing, but it's not bad. I can, I can deal with it. Uh, but it's just good to be here today. Hopefully you're blessed having a good day. And just like you would, if you were going to the library or coffee shop, we're just going to go in and study God's word. Amen. We're going to dig deep. Amen. Never forget. I was up at a radio ministry event last year and uh, stopped at a coffee shop. I like to do that. If I get there early, I'll stop at a coffee shop and have a uh, expensive coffee, <laughs> which my wife won't won't approve of too much. But hey, it's a, once in a blue moon. But I'll sit there and have a coffee. And I remember there was a young man out on the porch reading his Bible. And uh, I just smiled at him, gave him my nod of approval, because in my mind, that's kind of what the show uh, is all about. It's just kind of just dialing in, just a relaxed atmosphere, not a lot of pressure, not a lot of stress, not not anything negative, just God's Word and spending time in it, uh, because often we rush through God's Word, and so we're not going to be rushing through God's Word today, amen? We're going to take our time with it, as we usually do, and we're actually, Lord willing, in the next three, maybe four episodes, we're going to be done with Genesis. Genesis 2. And we are on Genesis 2, verse 20. And today we're going to cover verses 20, 21, 22, and 23. So 20 through 23 today. Amen. Uh, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh inside thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be called woe man because she was taken out of man and so we've got a lot here to chew on that we're going to get to uh right after this break so hang in there stay tuned we'll be right back you're listening to kjv cafe We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. Here we are back in the program. Thank you for staying tuned. And what we have here today, amen, is a really good reminder that God himself gives us sleep. Amen. I love, love, uh, love this information here. You know, we see that uh, in the verse uh, in Genesis 2, Uh, In verse, I'm going to tackle a latter part of it, and then we'll go back a little bit. But uh, in verse 21, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. That's the first part of verse 21. Sometimes people will take verses and split them up, like A and B. That would be the A part of verse 21. Psalm 127, 1 through 3, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So he giveth his beloved sleep. I always love that verse. It helps us to understand that God's the one that puts us to sleep ultimately, and God's the one that wakes us up. People say, oh, Lord, give me 10 more years. Don't take my life. How about this? Those 10 years you're asking for, he's giving you life. You know, he gave you life. He put you to sleep and he woke you up. Amen. And so I just love that verse uh, there, Psalm 127. That's actually one through two there. Um, But we see here in Genesis 2 that what was Adam called to do? In our last episode, Adam was called in, in partnership with God to name all the things that God created. And it it's amazing. God didn't say, well, name these few or name a couple. God said, name them all. Name every beast of the field, every fowl of the air. He brought them to Adam. Adam didn't even have to go looking for him. God brought them to Adam and then said, you name them, right? And what did Adam do? Verse 20 says, and Adam gave names to all cattle, to all fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. So we see here in the first part of verse 20 of Genesis 2, Adam was, this is a great Bible word or great church word, Adam was obedient. We see Adam's obedience to God, amen. What a difference it means to be obedient. Adam did what God asked him to do. It didn't say that Adam named some of the animals and then just complained and stopped. It didn't say that Adam thought about it and begrudged God and walked away. Adam did what God called him to do in the garden. And I think that that is a very important thing for us to hear today. Because God most certainly is calling you to do certain things. And you can say, Brother Clark, how do you know God's calling me to do certain things? Well, I believe he's calling you to seek him, seek him early. Amen. I believe he's calling you to study his word, that his word is eternal and forever and everlasting. If you hadn't been saved, I believe he's calling you to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today, for it's eternally too late. I believe he's calling you to have a heart for the things that he has a heart for. To seek him and to to, to repent if there's sin in your life, to get close to him. All of this involves obedience. Just like God didn't force Adam to name all the animals, God's not going to force you. God brought Adam the animals and said, please name them, right? God brings you his word. God brings you the preacher. God brings you the ministries and says, please engage, right? He's not going to force you but he will show up in droves if you seek him he'll so he'll show up like you can't imagine if you simply seek him that's the wonder of god like god's like look just take that step you know draw nigh to me i'll draw nigh to you cleanse your hands repent before me put yourself in the proper position amen people don't walk up to a king when there was a real king structure in the world, you didn't walk up to the king and puff up at the king because you can't even uh, approach the king. I think it was the book of Esther. Like, she wasn't allowed to approach the king unless there was some kind of appointment made or she could lose her life. And that was his wife, amen? I mean, the king doesn't play. But here we are, man wanna to talk to God informally. Man wants to spout off at God. Man wants to put God on a shelf. Man wants to rebel against God. How far have we gotten from this idea of obedience? And look what God does as Adam's obedient. He says, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl the air to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. So there wasn't any help. I mean, think about it. You know, it's, I love animals, uh, like probably anybody would love an animal. I love dogs and I love all kinds of animals, fish, et cetera, but they're not the same. Adam encountered big animals and small animals. He encountered animals that probably were pretty funny and animals that were pretty fierce. You know, he can't encountered all kinds of animals, right? Uh, and of course they were calm because it's before death and sin entered the picture, so they, they, he wasn't threatened by them. I'm sure, but I'm sure there were some imposing animals and small animals and unique animals and friendly ones, you know, and not so friendly ones. I've been told if you go around a llama uh, the wrong way, it'll, it'll spit on you, you know, or if it gets an argument, it'll spit on you, you know. Uh, I've been told don't get don't get behind a donkey, they'll kick you. Right? I mean, there's animals that can be a little cruel. Uh, but there are animals that are very loving, but no animal that God had created was meat for him and meat M-E-E-T, like meant for him, compatible to him, working for him. And so we see here that in verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. He gives his beloved sleep. Amen. And he slept, that's Adam. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man. So we see here this wonderful obedience. Adam named all the animals and Adam's obedient. And then what does Adam do? Nothing. Like literally he's put to sleep. So he does nothing and God blesses. That is twofold. One, it shows often how we are in God's sight. God's like, look, You just do not, just, just sit still, be still and know that I'm God and I'll do it. Right. Is that not what he said to the Israelites when they were scared to go into the promised land in the Canaan land, God said, just sit still and I'll do it. And the Israelites sent over spies. God said, okay, you can send over spies. The spies said, they're scary. They're big. They're huge. And everyone, but two of the spies said, don't go. Of course, Joshua said, I believe in God. Uh, I think it was Caleb that said, I believe in God, but the rest of them said, don't go. Well, guess what? God said, you guys don't believe me. I was gonna do everything. I was gonna wipe them out in a way that like the grass didn't grow too long. I was gonna wipe them out in phases so you had everything you needed and it wasn't even too difficult a land to deal with. I was gonna do all that. It's the same God that puts Adam to sleep and what does he do? He, the creator, sovereign creator, is at work creating woman for man. God makes woman out of man. This is the significance that she is of him. And that's very significant. God wouldn't have put it in his word if it wasn't significant. Amen. And so it's significant. It's very significant. Adam understood that she was unique compared to anything else that he was, that was facing, you know, any of the animals, anyone else. This is unique. She is unique. And she was of him. This is the picture of a family, right? And we see here Genesis 5.1. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. So Genesis 5.1 tells us again that man was made in the likeness of God in his image. And if the woman is made in the likeness of man, then it doesn't take too much connecting of the dots to say that the woman is like man and the man is like God. The woman is also made like God in the image of God. Amen. We are all made in the image of God. And this is a picture of the family. Amen. This is a picture of what God would have us to do or how, how we should live is to follow his picture of the family. Because he said, look, I'm making woman especially for man. This is an especial arrangement. So what that means is the inverse, and I won't go deep on this for, for the sake of time, The inverse is if you are trying to pervert the traditional family, you're perverting God's plan. If you just want to shack up with somebody and never get married, you're perverting God's plan. The whole next episode is all about marriage. Uh, You're perverting God's plan. If you want to uh, have a romantic relationship with someone of the same gender, you're perverting God's plan. Uh, If you want to uh, have two wives or three wives, you're perverting God's plan. God's plan was very simple in the Garden of Eden, which we know means perfect paradise, luxury, fantastic place. God's plan was so simple for Adam and Eve to be together. And Eve was created especially for the companionship with Adam. That, that idea of being compatible with him, being meant for him. That's why she's created. That's why God put her there. That was God's love. And Adam didn't do anything. I mean, literally put him to, in a deep sleep. He said, I need you to do nothing so much so that I'm going to make sure you're in a deep sleep. Like not a normal sleep where you can wake up and mess this up. You're going into a deep sleep. And so when we're dependent upon God, when we're obedient to God, all oh, what he can do with us and through us, and yet can yet be so difficult. You can imagine Adam naming these animals and disappointment running through him, being like, you know, I just don't have a companion here. I don't have someone here that I really can relate to on a human level. And 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 yet he's living in perfection. He's living in beauty. He probably didn't even know what to say to God. That's why God saw it. That's why God put him to sleep. That's why God created woman out of man's rib. Amen. And I've heard teachers and preachers get pretty deep about how. The rib could have included, uh, you know, the way the reproductive organs and so forth for the woman to reproduce. And I, I don't know about all that, but I do know that God did it, that he made woman and that everything that comes along with being a woman, God made and God made it perfect and God made it for man. And God made that picture of the family for us to get a hold of and to cherish and to praise him for and to thank him for. To, to, to thank him for that companionship that man can have with woman and woman can have with man, and to keep that sacred and holy and not pervert it, and not play games, and not act rebellious, and not act sinful and not get involved with so-called pride movement. Pride's an abomination to God, amen? That's that's the pervert at work. But we see God's perfect plan here. We're getting very close to sin entering the picture in the Garden of Eden, but yet it has not. And because it has not, we see God's perfect plan for mankind, man and woman living holy and fully for God, happy as a clam, living life well, doing what God's called him to do, being obedient to him, having a closeness with him, having a fellowship with him, not yet being ashamed of anything. We see perfection here in Genesis 2, even all the way down to verse 20, 21, and 22, 23. Tune in next time. We'll get to marriage. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.